Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skin on goal. Look at that pass. Haydock! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Welcome in. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. I am Bone. And I am Beam. And uh, lots to get to in this episode today. A little shorter episode, but still we're going to have it action-packed for you. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like a fun size bar of podcast. Yes, that's right. But you're not really fun size. Fun size would be as big as my mouth. Or as big as, like, my head. Anyway. Uh, we Bone, have- I've had a great time. All right, see you later. <laughs> We're all done now. It's the Halloween candy of podcasts. Mm-hmm. No, so we've got Premier League to talk about. We're going to talk about the most exciting race in the Premier League to me is obviously not to win the Premier League. And it. I don't even think it's the relegation battle this year. I think it is this battle for who's going to get in a Champions League. That's right. We'll talk about that a little bit. Preview some weekend action. We'll talk about Chelsea. Beamer's got an update on a threat to the throne of Pulisic. Possibly. 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 A possibility. And Jurgen Klinsmann is in the news because he sucks and is bad. So, yay. We'll Hot talk take. About all of that. I like Jurgen Klinsmann. Well, I don't. He's stupid <laughs> and he sucks and I hate his guts. I, I take what? him I take him for words for his word when he says that he would have gotten the U.S. to the semifinal in the 2018 World Cup. I take you, that at face you, value. Just take Don't yeah. even ask. Don't no. even ask questions. No, don't exactly. argue with it. Just say, yep, that's probably what it is. Right. Uh, but we're going to start off real quick because this happened since the last time we did a podcast. Some big news for Major League Soccer heading into their 25th season. We had known this was coming or hoped this was coming, but now we know it is a fact. They have got their collective bargaining agreement all done. It was set to expire in – actually, I think it did expire. They got an extension for a couple weeks into February. Well, good news. They've got a new one that now will run through January 31st of 2025. All right. So, so labor five peace year, five-year extension here, which is nice. Yeah, so let's run down quickly because I know talking about collective bargaining agreements can be really boring, and it's not something that affects most of us. But if you're a longtime fan of Major League Soccer, one of the concerns has always been, when is this league going to start acting like a big boy league yeah. and start paying a little bit more? They're still not there. If you're looking for this CBA to have, they can spend whatever they want for every player. Budgets can be $100 million, you know, they're not there yet, but they did increase the player spending. Uh, the total amount that players that you can spend on via the salary cap and all the other tools outside of the designated player rule, which of course designated players can be paid anything you want, but the total spend is going up from $8.4 million last year. By 2024, it'll be up to $11.6 million. Okay. So they're increasing that by, you know, a little shy, a little more than $3 million. That's good. Which is huge when you're talking into the range of, you know, you only had $8 million and change to construct, construct an entire roster, and now you're going to be adding $3 million on top of that. Like, it's, I mean, it's a pretty big it's, jump. It's a significant in, amount. Yeah, yeah, in the world of, you know, big boy soccer leagues, Bone, that's not necessarily the biggest jump, but when you take it for what it is and where they're going from $8 million to $11 million, like, that seems, you know, I don't know the math on that, but it seems pretty like good. a nice, like, 30% increase. Yeah, and here's the other part of it. If you wonder why, like, in Mexico now, suddenly you're seeing a lot of stars come from Mexico to MLS. Mm-hmm. Well, 
Obviously, the owners didn't know for sure what this was going to be, but all the ownership was negotiating this with the players. Everyone kind of knew probably what a rough target was going to look like as far as they know budget and all that. So now I think that's why you're seeing an increase in some of these Mexican stars come here because and, and young stars too. They're getting guys younger and younger who are in their primes or even before their primes trying to possibly sell them on down the road. I think that is a good place for Major League Soccer to be. So I'm sure some of this influx of talent is in part because all these owners knew, okay, there's going to be more spend anyway. Let's just go ahead and start doing it. Um, they have increased the amount that players are going to get when it comes to minimum salaries. Now the minimum salary for senior roster players is going to be $109,000 by 2024. All right, so that's a good living. Yeah, it's really good. And it what it means is, are they going to pay the same players just more money? No, it probably means some guys who over the last 10 years, you started seeing certain players that were good enough to play here 10 years ago, but now couldn't make it in MLS if they came in today. Those players in five more years are even going to be more scarce, right? The value of the of the lowest level player on an MLS roster is going up. That means they're going to be able to get better quality all the way through the roster. So that's good. Um, they've also done a lot more with the free agency, which is huge because that's going to allow among other things, like a player who is 24 years or older and has played five years in MLS, so like Will Trapp would yeah. qualify, that that player will now be able to just go be a free agent. So if someone like someone wants to go sign Will Trapp next year, they can, um, but he was probably already going to be close to eligible, I think, through the old system. Now with this, it's making it easier for teams to take their young homegrown players who have played there for four or five years who are going to stay on their roster. It's going to make it easier for them after they do graduate to the senior roster to say, hey, well, we can still sign you. But if someone, if you don't, now more MLS teams will be able to go grab those homegrown players, bring them over to their team. It's going to keep more American players, I think, in MLS, in the system, and maybe will be a little more encouragement to keep some players who might have a chance to go play, you know, second division in Europe. Well, why don't you just stay in MLS and get more exposure, do a little bit better for yourself, and have a chance to make more money. And I think that we're we're both in agreement that you do have to grow this, not MLS entirely, you know, as a whole, but you do want to grow it as kind of a grassroots business, right? You want to try and grow it from the ground floor up. And even though I do believe that it's going to take a while to be able to kind of fix the the adage that, you know, it's retirement league and old European stars are going to come over, I think there were all there will always be that allure. Like I, it's it's tough for me to see in my life bone that you know instead of playing at Manchester United or Real Madrid or Barcelona like someone's going to come play for you know Red Bulls or something like like it's just it, it's hard to see but I think it's it's MLS is taking good steps here in that direction to say all right well we are going to put a fundamental basis on homegrown talent and those that is the way too where all right, well, let's say that Minnesota has this stud kid that they bring him up through his youth, their youth system, and there's added incentive to stay, you know, with that club. Or the same thing in Columbus. Then you turn around, sell them for a profit. You get all teams across MLS doing that, and then your, you know, your construction of your roster and the way that these cap salaries are going, these salary caps are going to go, is that it's going to continue to grow. That it is yeah. a, it's a start. You know, it's not going to happen overnight where you are going to have $100 million payrolls. But at the same time, it's a good start from MLS saying, all right, what do we need to do to make the league more competitive and more alluring to these other players from other national leagues 
coming in and saying, well, I could play in the Netherlands or I could possibly come over and play in the States and that would be cool. So I think it is a foot in the right direction yeah. on that path. I agree with you on that. The other things, because you, you hit on a point there about older players coming over here and well, yeah, I, I, I'm going to say what I'm about to say and just know that if Lionel Messi comes over to, you know, enter Miami in a couple years, well, I'm still going to want to go see Lionel Messi. Of course. Right. Because he's one of the greatest of all time. Yes. Or, I mean, the one that's actually talked about it a lot more is Neymar. Neymar had a quote this week where he said, I already worked it out with David Beckham. I'm coming to play for him in a few years. I already have a contract. Like, that does sound like maybe you don't already have a contract that seems But I'm not going to play in February because it's my it's my sister's birthday. So We're in February. Chalk that out. Still healthy, right? That's true. As far as we know. As far as we know. Right. Well, I guess the season doesn't start in February, so he's good over here. Doesn't yeah. even matter. We got to see if champion, but we got to see. Right. He could come play here and he'd be in preseason. He can go to her birthday every year. Right. right. Um, but one of the things they're doing that kind of gets away from the older player thing is the under-22 player initiative, which I love this. So you have the designated player spots. Three of those can be any amount you want. Beginning in 2021, so next year, MLS teams have the discretion to allow, or the, the clubs have the discretion to sign up to three players who are under 22 years or old. 20 years. That too. Come on, get it together. Somewhere. It's all right. I just want to, I just want to like scream the F word. Can I do that? It's a podcast. All right, fine. Uh, they are going to allow three players, 22 years of age or younger. There we go. On your team at a reduced charge to the salary cap, basically meaning you get three more DPs to a to a degree. They're not going to let you just pay whatever. But sure. now you can have three young players who won't count on the salary cap. You could have three old players or whatever, any players yeah. that are designated players that won't have as high of a hit on your salary cap. And then you've got all this extra money that you can use with general allocation money to buy down other salaries. And like I said, you're already going to be increasing to $11 million for those guys. So when you take six of your big roster players, mostly out of the system, that $8 million, that $10 million, $11 million is going to go a lot further now that all those guys are going to be accounted on different accounting. So we're getting more and more to a place where if you're Atlanta, if you are an ambitious club and you say, I want to go spend a boatload of money on three young Peruvian players sure, let's say, whatever. or whatever, uh, and I want to bring them up, and then hopefully one or two of them hits, and they might go to Europe, and then we can make a profit on that. This is going to be the thing that encourages that. So it's working out well in that regard. It is setting up a good business model for MLS. Business model meaning something that's going to make us as soccer fans want to watch that. Like, I like the idea of watching young players. I do too. That we think. Milton Valenzuela, for sure, is a guy with the crew that – if he continues to progress before he had the knee injury, who knows what it'll look like this year. But assuming he gets back on the progress that he was, he could have a future playing in Europe. He could have a future that is not an MLS because he's that good. Um, but at the bare minimum, he could be a guy who comes and is a 10-year vet for you in MLS if he's that good. So I like the idea that potentially you could be watching the future of Europe here, like we did with Zach Steffen, uh, you know, like like hopefully we will with other players. But I like that idea, and I think that's fun. Yeah, I do too, and th that's what I'm saying, that you know, you're know, you going to have to treat this like a grassroots system where you're growing the business for every single club basically from the bottom level up. I mean, I don't know any other club in the world that just has top-down spending that gets their product that way. I mean, other than you know your big eight to ten clubs in the world that are able to do that, but 
even you see it, you know, some of the cl- clubs in the Premier League or in the Bundesliga, like it's all, okay, we are going to try and make our young talent so that way we can make money there on out to be able to keep this this club fortunate and stable, and then we're, we'll go from there. So I like this, you know, general idea that is kind of now taken over MLS that instead of, like I said earlier, being the player retirement league, like it will, it will continue to be that and that's fine. But really having an adhesive, having an adhesive thought that you are going to put a lot of time and effort into developing young players for your club. And I'm with you. Like it's more exciting for me to watch a kid who's 20 years old out there busting his chops for, you know, the crew or someone else than it is someone who is 34, 35. You already know what they're going to do, how they're going to help your team. And it's, I think it's the idea of, well, what can he do now? What can he do next? What is the next step? What is progress? And as far as those, as far as those older players go, you know, maybe there's not that level of excitement. So I'm with you that, like, I do think it is. It's great now that MLS is deciding to invest in younger players and make all these parameters, which then are able to help clubs out in that capacity by saying, no, we're we're giving you an advantage, or maybe maybe not an advantage is the right kind of kind of word, but we're giving you an incentive to go out and scout these younger players and have them playing on your first team because they're not going to count against the salary cap as much as they normally would. So yeah. I, I do like that that initi- initiative that MLS is going through. Yeah, it's it's really good. And let's take an example here. Um, you just had Inter-Miami, who again, I you know, who knows what they're going to be, right? But they seem to be one of these clubs that's trying to make a big splash initially as they come out of the gates. They announced that they're signing Rodolfo Pizarro from Monterey, which is a big-time yeah. deal. That's a guy in his prime who I think is – on the fringes still of the Mexican national team. Like he is, he's not completely out of favor there. He still could be back in the mix, but he has said he's 25 years old. He said coming to MLS to him gives him a better shot to get to Europe than staying in Mexico does. That's all. That's, that is a change in attitude. And that's what I'm happy about with. Wouldn't that make you feel better? Even if you don't, if I say Rodolfo Pizarro does not move the meter for people, maybe in this country, unless you follow Mexican soccer. Sure. But it doesn't move the meter maybe as much for soccer fans here as Wayne Rooney does, as Zlatan does, right? But if you're getting to see Rodolfo Pizarro and know that if it's not him, someone else, those guys will eventually be playing possibly at a bigger club in Europe. And and he's 25. The more of the guys you get under 25, yeah. better chance that is. I don't know. Wayne Rooney moves a lot of jerseys, and I know you love him. But it's my guy. You weren't driving out of your way to go watch Wayne Rooney no, at this I stage wasn't. in his career. No. But if the crew have a team where you can say, man, that kid is playing for Columbia's national team and getting regular call-ups. Or got to go see him. You got Costa yeah. Rican national team, right, with Luis Diaz. Yeah. Like, you suddenly then say they've got three or four national teamers on this team. They're one of the best teams in MLS, and they're winning. That's, that's what ultimately is going to get people to come out more routinely, not just, oh, hey, look, let's go see Wayne Rooney once. Let's go see Zlatan once. It's not know. a novelty, you know. It's a little no, more sound no, business would... idea with a with a strong foundation, I believe. I you know, people say... are actually coming to watch the product and inst- instead of coming to watch the novelty. Yeah. You'd much rather be LAFC with what they built last year, even though I know they lost in the playoffs. I'd rather be them or in Atlanta than be the team that's just going to say, oh, let's just sign a bunch of stars. So I think that's good. Um, now let's talk Premier League. Uh, Sheffield United. They are sitting in fifth, two points behind Chelsea for the final Champions League spot. Mm-hmm. Tottenham is four points out. Everton is five points out. Man U and Wolves are six points out. That, to me, is a blast. That's what 
to me, the rest of the season for Liverpool fans, obviously you guys are just have your time, have your day. We're all we're I'm watching that storyline for the historic aspirations that they have. Then I'm watching that battle for the fourth Champions League spot, because as much as I'd love to see my Chelsea Blues with Christian Pulisic get into Champions League again, Sheffield United getting the Champions League would be pretty cool. It would be great. You know, you're, you're talking about it. Usually the best part about the Premier League is you do have a pretty heavily contested title race, at least down to the last three, four weeks of the season, at least. And Liverpool has gone far and above that this season. And, you know, congratulations to them. And I know it's not over, but come on, let's be realistic. We did a ba- basically an entire podcast about that last week. But, you know, it is exciting. You have City there. You obviously you have Leicester there as well. You know, it's it is exciting, Bone, because you're talking about futures of teams. And when you look at a team like Sheffield United and what that would do for them and their team and their spending power and their staying power in the top flight in the Premier League, like that would be it would be massive for them. It'd be massive for that region. But when you're talking about, you know, guys like Tottenham and Chelsea and Manchester United, right? You're talking about their future business and what players are going to want to be able to come over and play on you know, Thursdays in the Europa League. And, like, that delays it another year for them possibly getting big money acquisitions. Some mm-hmm. people, they, and I don't blame them. You want to play on Tuesday, Wednesday nights in Champions League, big floodlights in yep. you know on the European stage. I don't blame players for doing that. So it's interesting for the Sheffield United point of view because, all right, you look at Sheffield, good team. They've had a stellar season this year. And they're at where they're at on the table, and that's fantastic. But if they were able to make this jump, you're talking about now in the last – when was it? 2016 when Leicester yeah, won right. the title, right? right? You're talking about always having Liverpool, Arsenal, Manchester City, Manchester United, Everton, Tottenham, like Arsenal, right? Yeah. You're talking about those teams who were in the Champions League all the time. It really wasn't up for debate. It was just going yeah. to happen. And now you would have two out of the four being Sheffield and Leicester. It shows you it's how beautiful. incredibly competitive this league is on the scale when it comes to the world and the fact that you know you could possibly send Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, Everton, like scrambling, and they were, they were to get that spot. They are the most exciting team that I think that a lot of people are cheering for if you're a neutral and you're just watching the game and you necessarily don't have a team. Like, that's exciting stuff. If you're this other teams, like me and Manchester United, it's like, you got to get into Champions League. Yeah. You miss out again. Like, that sets you back a whole nother timeline. Because yeah. guys don't want to come here and play in the Europa League. It's true. I know. And and I think that's a, that's a really interesting point. I... I think that Sheffield United, the, the only concern you you would love to be in Champions League, right? The only concern for them is it, it did kind of cause Leicester some problems. Sure, their first year when they suddenly the the apparatus underneath that team, you just don't have the foundation for right, it. You don't have then go, you don't have the the quality the the quantity amount of the quality of players. Yeah, right. You're you're you have to well you have to do a big lift in the summer to then reinforce. Yeah. And the question is, will they be able to make the right moves if they can get there? So I'm not saying it would be a bad thing for them to get in Champions League. I'm saying it might be not exactly the culture the, shock. Yeah, it's you're getting thrown into the deep end, and I wonder how they'll handle it. Oh, next you're going year. to the Bernabeu and you're playing Real Madrid. It'd be great. That's fun though. Like, I, of course it is. Remember when Celtic beat Barcelona yes. a few years ago, and Barca had like 88 percent of the possession. And Celtic beat them one nil. This is why the idea they floated of making Champions League a already determined, Hate locked it. in. It's so damn stupid. Don't do that. It just it's gonna ruin what we love about Champions League. We 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 love the premier teams playing each other. 
But no, and no offense to your Manchester United. Sure. Forget, forget Manchester United. Arsenal's a better example yeah, this year. Yeah, screw them. Yeah. Why should Arsenal just be locked in because, well, they're Arsenal? No. And I realize for longtime Gunners fans, they would say it's ridiculous you consider us that way. But for for people who became art or who watched the Premier League since like the year 2000, Arsenal's been one of the most premier teams there in, yeah. in Champions League. They have always been in the mix. And if they were considered one of the elite teams that just got in automatically, no, I'm sorry. that's That would suck this year. That would be terrible. I so, mean, what would happen, and here is a maybe, I shouldn't say non-realistic idea, but, you know, or or problem, is that what happens if you do have one of these teams, something horrendous happens to their team, and they fall into relegation? Like, is there any way to then get them out of the the premier version of the Champions League? No, I don't know. You know, I, I, like, I, I don't. I, like if somehow you know Manchester United were to slip down and be relegated, and this league came along that it's like, all right, these teams are set. We have a 15-year contract, and it's going to be this set of 30 teams around right. the world, or 32 teams, or however many teams they were to make it. It just it wouldn't make wouldn't make any sense. No, zero. It, it wouldn't at all. And that's where I think, fortunately, it's almost like they should have a system where if you're not good enough. You don't get in. Shocking. That would well, prevent. That, doesn't that, that would prevent the teams that aren't good enough? Like, no. Obviously, Manchester United. I know we're. I'm not trying to screw them, but they right, stink. They do stink, and it, there's no reason why they should be in Champions League this year based no. on the season they had last year. And if they don't get in this year, they shouldn't be in next Correct. year. Correct. I have they, no qual. Boom! They can't score. They can't right, score a goal. What does it matter? But because they were good three years ago, or five years ago, or ten years ago, whatever standard they want to apply. No, it's just I. I don't. It's perfect it's, the way it is. It's, we love it. Let it be what it is. And let the Leicesters and Sheffields have their day. And if they get smoked the next year and they have to fire their managers and everybody says, wow, that sucked. Well, then great. Then, okay, it's still compelling television. At least you were there, yeah. right? At least yeah. you had the chance. Uh, speaking of Arsenal, they are sitting 10th in the standings. They're 10 points below the final Champions League spot with 31 points. But they're only seven points away from the drop zone, which mm-hmm. is just, again, how compact this Premier League table is right now. It's been a weird season for them. They host Newcastle Sunday at 1130. Newcastle also on 31 points right there with them. So that's a pretty good mid-table battle that should be a lot of fun. And two more brand-name powers. So I'll be excited to watch that on Sunday. Also, we have to do battle because Chelsea and Man United yeah. – Play Monday at 3, which, of course, I'll be doing the radio show, so I'll be a bit distracted during that game. But I'm a little worried about my guy, Christian Pulisic, because you were telling me Chelsea's gone out and brought in a dude, and that dude can float around and play on either wing. Yeah. So give us a little insight on what's going on there. So Chelsea have announced that they are going to have a new player coming over in the summer. His name is Hakeem Ziyech. He is a Moroccan international. If you were paying attention at all to the Champions League last year and Ajax's you know, great run that they had to get where they're at, he is a guy who can just do everything with the ball. He is a playmaker. I think they brought him in for like 45, 48 million pounds. So uh, he predominantly plays on the right-hand side which I think is is good news for Christian Pulisic. Yeah, because he usually is on the left. Right, but he is a guy, Bone, that you put him anywhere on the field, he can he can basically do whatever. I mean, he can score goals, he can assist, he can 
you know, bring up stuff from the back. Like he is a heck of a playmaker. Chelsea is getting a good good player in Akeem Ziyech. But I think then becomes the question, you know, we haven't seen Christian Pulisic since I believe New Year's Day when Chelsea played in that. So it's been, you know, about a month and a half now since we've seen him in action. Injured. Yeah. He has. He's been injured. And when he was in the lineup, what did he score? Five goals, you know, in that kind of two or three week time period where he was getting to play yeah. basically every, every, really, every game. I thought he was really finding his game and then he got hurt. Right. And, which sucks. Yeah. Which sucks for him and you would like to think that oh we're not going to cut bait with a guy just because you know he's he's fallen out of order and he's been injured we're going to give him another shot but you've seen this many many times that you know managers don't care you know no. they, they don't care at all you think Frank Lampard gives a flip about Christian Pulisic no Frank Lampard cares about the badge and cares about you know what Chelsea is and right. yeah I think that you know, there there could be some panic setting in that you did move to the Premier League, big money move, American on a premier team, and now it's like, oh boy, you know, maybe they're not necessarily having the season they want. Who are they going to be looking to add? And that's the thing about being in a big club is that it's just a machine. It doesn't matter if you're not performing due to injury unless you're one of the top 1%, 2% of the players in which Christian Pulisic isn't at the moment. It's tough to see now what is going to be his future at Chelsea. It's interesting. Yeah, well, and and you're like you said, he, the guy they're bringing in from Morocco, he plays on the wing, so we'll see how he. But he plays on the right, predominantly so gonna, on the right. We're going to see. At the very least, you can make this case for Chelsea. They are spending between those two guys a hundred million dollars yeah. on two wingers. That is still the level that when people say, "Well, I wish Major League Soccer." Would would get to where the Premier League is. You're not. I don't think in our lifetime going to see Major no. League Soccer have two transfer fees that total a hundred million dollars for two of your eleven players. Right. Like you're you're not going to see two that. of eleven because again, one of them failed. I mean, I'm worried about if something happens to Lucas Zellerion. I mean, they paid seven million for that guy. Right. And to me, that's like good. Thank you. I'm glad the crew are doing stuff like that. It's there. The league is not there yet. And maybe maybe it will get there 10, 20 years from now where they can afford this type of bill. But I don't think so. I th- well, I don't think any I don't think any soccer league. What's more likely that major league soccer teams ascend to a point where they say yes, we routinely spend a hundred million dollars per transfer window, okay? okay, or that other teams say, you know what we need to do? Other leagues start saying we need to institute MLS style caps. Maybe not to the levels that they're doing, but. No more than eighty million a transfer window can go out. Maybe like, don't you think that's something that you could see a league doing more easily than MLS saying, "Okay, yes. cool, we're just doing a hundred, whatever you want to pay, go ahead." I'm saying we'd get to salary caps in other leagues, I think, before we do the other way around. Well, I think to your point, Bone, it is it's getting you know it's getting wacky with the the amount that is being paid for transfer fees all around the world, and I do believe that. You know, it is. We know that soccer is growing internationally. And of course, like you've got sponsorship monies, and the more eyeballs that go on the leagues itself generates more revenue for these big clubs and these big leagues and everything. But, you know, at the end of the day, like that money's not going to last for forever. You know, the popularity will always be there. But you're right. Like, I don't know if it's sustainable to be yeah. able to keep paying, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in, in transfer fees, you know, during, it's hard to during transfer. Yeah. It's just. It's. I know that you win at all costs when you're talking about whatever you, the price needs to be paid for a player, and if you think that it's going to help them, but how sustainable really is that? Like, just in the past two or three years, have we gotten to this level of like ungodliness when mm-hmm. it comes to transfer fees? Yeah, you know, talking about hundreds of millions of dollars for singular players. 
And if that continues to rise, I do think you'll see a seismic shift when it comes to, you know, big clubs coming to the table, big leagues coming to the table saying, hey, we need to chill out a little bit, right? Yeah. Like we need yeah. to, we need to pump the brakes here because we are just, we're spending a little bit too much. Neither of those are likely, right? Neither no, they're those, not. Neither of those scenarios I gave are likely, but I just, you're right. There are more clubs who will do their, they'll do it themselves and just say, we're going to take a couple years where we don't spend anything. Yeah. And then we're going to go for it again. Like you see sometimes in baseball, right? We're going to rebuild for a couple of years. We're mm-hmm. going to get rid of all our guys. We're going to just amass draft picks and and just, and then we'll go out and do free agent land and jump back in and go for it. NBA does the same thing. Um, I, so we were talking about teams spending money. Heard of Berlin yeah. in the Bundesliga. They are fighting off relegation. They just spent $84 million in the transfer window, in the winter transfer window, which is the most anybody spent in Europe this year. Yeah. So they did a, a huge amount of investment into that team, and the reason is because they're so bad, they're trying not to get relegated. Jurgen Klinsmann had a pretty interesting little situation just happen. So Jurgen was there, brought in in November, because the team was struggling. Now, he's been linked with jobs for the last three years, but nothing has really come of it. He gets this job. And he did the thing that Jurgen Klinsmann has now become famous for doing. When he managed Germany, when he managed Bayern Munich, when he managed the United States, all these jobs, he would get in. And then very soon after he got there, if he didn't get it initially, like he did uh, after with the United States, this is one of the things that were put in his contract before he would sign. He said, I need more control. I can't win with the players that we have, but if you give me control, I will fix it. I will make it all better. Mm Mm-hmm. And most places said, yes, heard of Berlin smartly, in my opinion, said, no, we don't do that here in the Bundesliga. The way we do it, the way our club does it, we have five or six people who are in charge of their areas of scouting. And then they have scouts underneath them and we collaborate and we work together and it's not one person's decision. It's an everyone team approach. So then he said, well, if you won't let me do what I want to do, I'm going to leave. So he did. He quit, supposedly on Facebook. I mean, he posted a thing on Facebook, and it sounds like from the team, that's basically the notice that he gave them was. It's like I'm Magic leaving. Johnson doing the interview after the Lakers season last year. It's like, ah, I'm not gonna be here. It's yeah. like, does Jeannie know this? Nope. Nope. I haven't talked. I'm on my way up to talk to her, but I thought I'd tell Rachel Nichols first. Yeah. that'd be nice. So Jurgen Klinsmann, uh, the 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 chairman of the team, has now come out and said, yeah, um, because he was given at the time. They brought him in before he became coach. They brought him in and said, you can be on our advisory, you can be on the board and help us kind of, you know, figure out what overall with the club we need yeah. to fix. And then lo and behold, what do you know? They decided, why don't we just make you the manager of the team as well? Um, so they've now said he can't be on the board anymore since he just walked out. And the either the owner of the team or the, the chairman of the board compared him to like a high schooler and said, yeah, if you're in high school, you can flake out like this. But this I mean, is this, a, is this is top a- flight international just, soccer yeah, we're talking they about. They just spent a bunch of money partially at your behest and now you're saying I want more control and they said no just we got you players go go, go do the thing. And he said no and he also said he needed a multi-year deal. He said I need like four more years mm-hmm. on a deal otherwise I can't get this done. They said no you're going to coach you're going to manage to the end of the year. You're a caretaker you know, Jurgen that's what you are. Like in Europe how they do where it's kind of up and down every year they didn't give him four years stupidly like United States did where he got through like two games of the world cup and was like, I, I need more. I need another big contract. They gave it to him and they had to buy him out of it because he was so bad. 
This is Jurgen Klinsmann's M.O. And I don't know why teams keep giving him a chance because he comes in, says he can't win with anything, needs an extension, needs all this stuff. He doesn't get his way. He quits. Now you got to pay him all this money. It's dumb. I wonder if he ever got his certificate for coaching. (laughs) Right? Because he, he, over Christmas, they said, yeah, uh, he went, his, his like documentation was left back in the U.S. because he lives in L.A. Yeah. And they needed to see his license to renew it because I guess it was about to expire. Mm Mm-hmm. And he didn't have any of the paperwork, so they had to somehow get it back over there because they said he was at risk of not coaching in a game because of that. Well, I guess they don't have to worry about that now Yeah, now that's he's officially point. gone. It's a moot point, or as occasionally I've heard said, is a mute point, which is not a thing. You know a who's going to sign him? Who's going to sign him? Manchester United, after they fire Ole. <laughs> he's going to be there for two weeks. You don't decide, want that. Oh, Ed Woodward and the Glazers you, can't work with you. See you, you later, suckers. You don't want that no, at all. You I'm good. You definitely don't need that. All right, real quick, just before we go, because, again, the abbreviated episode here today, but do not forget, next week, Tuesday, the 18th of February, that is Champions League's return. You've got Atletico Madrid hosting Liverpool. A highest-paid coach in all of soccer, and Diego Simeone. How about that? What was the number on that? 43 or 44 million euros. Diego Simeone makes more per year than any player in any of the four major sports in the yeah. u.s makes per year yeah the manager of a, of a team in atletico madrid that you know and i know and soccer fans know They're i don't fine think, i think if you walk down like if you walk to any of our 97.1 the fan sports radio station events walked up to a sports fan and said what is atletico madrid they might be able to say soccer team they might be able to guess because of Madrid what country it's in. They could not name a player for you. No. They could not tell you if they're good, bad, anything. That is the the guy who manages that team makes more than anyone in the U.S., which is sometimes why I laugh when people say, oh, the NFL is the most popular sport in the world. Like, like no, dumbass. Hold, hold on a second. <laughs> like, it's popular. It's right. real popular here. The Super Bowl gets a lot of yes. people to check in. But you don't understand just how big soccer is around the world, apparently. So, anyway, Madrid and Liverpool – Atletico Madrid and Liverpool on Tuesday at 3 o'clock. Also, Dortmund taking on PSV. All right, that'll be a good one. PSV. Which which one is it? Pre-court sports ventures and and PSV from the Dutch League. Right. No, it's uh, Paris Saint-Germain. So that, to me, is going to be a real fun matchup with Erling Holland and Jadon Sancho. Maybe Gio Reyna gets a look in that game. Right. Going against... The Neymar, Mbappe, Cavani, yeah. Verratti, and all those killers they got there. I I don't know which game gets put on. I, it's a shame that we even have to ask that question because yeah. TNT always likes to. My guess is that it's going to be Liverpool. The Liverpool game, I know. Because which of, is yeah. fair. I mean, of they're, course. they're spending champs. You want to put them great. on. But I almost want to watch this Dortmund-Paris game, PSG game, more than I want to watch the Liverpool game. Uh, and then Wednesday, you've got Atalanta and Valencia and Tottenham and Leipzig. All right. RB Leipzig. So, so Tuesday's a little more entertaining than Wednesday. Tuesday's the one I'd say if you were planning to skip work, that'd be the one I might tuck out and, you know, or or take an early day. Get out of the office. Good at thing two, I'm hosting nine to noon all week next week. Look at you. So I'm good. Look at maybe look I'll at, just go over to to one of the local establishments and watch that game. I'm sure I'll still have my cough that occasionally rears its head. I mean I can just flare that up and get out of <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, can you fill in on Man and Bone? No. No, Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I wouldn't do that to you, buddy. Don't worry. Uh, And that is it for us this week. We will be back next week to wrap up how some of those games went in the first leg of Champions League. 
keep kicking it with the home dogs. <laughs> I'm you trying know, to find a good outro. You know what they say? What do keep they say? on keeping on. That's right. See you next week. You've been listening to Bone and Beam United. 